Are you sick of the fatigue and fog? Fed up with unpredictable flares? Hangry from the super restrictive diets? Hello, and welcome to Success with Sjogren's, a podcast empowering naturally minded and scientifically grounded women looking to reduce or even eliminate their Sjogren's symptoms. Hi, I'm your host, Dr. Kara Wada, a fellow Sjogren Spoonie, triple board certified allergy, immunology, and lifestyle medicine physician, coach, medical educator, and mom. As a reminder, although I am a physician, I'm not your physician, and this podcast is for educational purposes only. Hey, everyone. Thank you so much for joining um, the Success with Sjogren's podcast. Today, I am so excited to welcome my virtual friend, the crunchy pharmacist, Erin Williams. She is a geriatric pharmacist. And of all things, we met through Instagram because we both um, really love and support um, clean beauty and are both involved with Beauty Counter. Um, And through subsequent conversations, found out we have a whole lot more in common. So Mm -hmm. I'm gonna turn it over to Erin and let her introduce herself and then we'll jump right in. So I'm Erin Williams. I am the crunchy pharmacist on Instagram. Um, and I spend my days mostly, like you said, in geriatrics. I do a lot of nursing homework and a lot of, you know, some people are like, how can you tie being safe with also medicine? And I think that's what we both do well. But a lot of what I do is getting people off of unnecessary medications that are causing problems. So that's kind of how I spend my days um, on top of having this, you know, clean beauty side hustle like you do, Kara. So yeah, I have two little boys, uh, little eight and 10, one turns 11 this weekend. Oh, oh how fun. Um, and a husband. Can, I do have a husband too. <laughs> can you explain, because I think there's a lot of misconceptions as to the role of a pharmacist in, in our care and in our medical care. And, and I think a lot of people think it's just about like counting out your pills, but there's so yeah. much more. Yeah. In fact, there are a lot of different types of pharmacists. And I didn't even know this when I went to pharmacy school, because really the only ones we're exposed to in the public are the readily accessible pharmacists standing at the counter in your grocery store or at your pharmacy. Um, but the role of the pharmacist, I mean, there, there's so many different roles, just like there's all different kinds of doctors. There are all different kinds of pharmacists. Like, yes, I'm in geriatrics and I do chart review and I literally don't touch medications at all. Um, but my job and the, the thing we all have in common as pharmacists is to keep people safe. So we're like a double check for what your provider, um, prescribes, but also a lot of times we can see what all different specialists are doing. Um, you know, we can compare, okay, particularly like my patients, they might have a cardiologist, a nephrologist, an endocrinologist, and the left hand doesn't always know what the right hand's doing when they're getting the information from a patient who may or may not have any medical training. Um, And so we're kind of like making sure we're monitoring appropriately, looking for interactions and making sure, you know, a big part of what I do is making sure there's always a purpose, um, that we're never taking something unnecessarily, um, and that we're monitoring for adverse effects, labs, that sort of thing. And I can't recall, I read a statistic. Um, I it just took like my lifestyle medicine exam. And I, I feel like it was something on the order of the average um, senior in America is on like a dozen medicine or something. I mean, it was, an, it was a yeah. large number of yeah. medications that just sat with me. I'm like, holy cow, this is I the know, average. Like, yeah. yeah. I mean, yes, I would say that seems low to me. Embarrassing okay. <laughs> in a nursing setting, you know, these people course, have more yeah. conditions, but like I reviewed somebody yesterday with 23. Oh my goodness. And I'm like, and, and that's, that's not even like ridiculous 
for these, you know, like I wouldn't consider that ridiculous. I mean, it is ridiculous, but like, I see that a lot, I guess is what yeah. I'm trying to say. So and it's, um, you can imagine med errors increase exponentially the more you're taking and the harder it is to take. So um, yeah, it's huge. Yeah. It's huge. So as you're thinking about your perspective as kind of the crunchy pharmacist, are there particular things that you think about when you are making decisions as to like what products to use in your house or even to like recommend to friends or family or, or, or patients you're dealing with? Yeah. So I think, you know, everything is about risk and benefit, right? And so mm -hmm. I think if you're wanting to make the most bang for your buck in terms of reducing exposures to things that are potentially harmful, you want to look at the things that you're doing every single day. Mm -hmm. um, you know, if, if my kid goes and eats a bunch of artificial colors at his birthday party tonight, not as concerned about that. Whereas if it's a medicine that I'm taking three times a day, every day for the rest of my life, I might want to make sure, you know, yes, I want to make sure the benefits out the way of the risks in the first place of even taking it. But if I am going to take it, is there an option that maybe doesn't have extra preservatives or doesn't have an artificial color? I, it's very hard in the world of medicine. There are very few yeah. companies that care about that. Um, but just, I think, you know, doing your best progress over perfection. If yes. you can take one medicine to treat three things, instead of taking three medicines to treat one thing, um, that's kind of my, that's kind of my motto. I, I also like to start low and go slow. We talk about yeah. that a lot in geriatrics, you know, always using the lowest effective dose. You know, if you've determined, yes, the benefit mm -hmm. of this medication outweighs the risk. Okay, well, let's take just as much as we need um, and make mm -hmm. sure that it continues to be the appropriate dose. You know, at some point, if we could decrease it, we will. If we can't, that's you okay. know, just yeah. always weighing the benefits and the risks. So I think that's the same with, you know, cleaning product, you know, laundry, I always say is a big yes. area to clean up because yeah. we touch our laundry from bathing after, yeah, yeah, after we shower, we use our towel, then we're putting on clothes, then we're sleeping in our sheets and on our pillow. And, you know, it literally is all day. And so um, kind of that same motto, whatever we're doing, touching, smelling, breathing in more often, those are the first places to kind of clean it up. Absolutely. And I think, uh, you know, that's the one thing that we've um, really agreed on to let's those drops that fill the bucket with our everyday routines that are so so just um a, a much bigger part of our health than I think anyone mm -hmm. really gives credit to mm -hmm. and it is those incremental changes or improvements at one percent that you can try to do kind of every day that really add up significantly over time, which is, oh, absolutely. um, I'll have to link to, there's a nice little chart <laughs> that I love, like a little infographic chart that kind of shows that. Um, do you have any particular kind of brands or resources? I think, um, I feel like I've learned about a couple different brands from you, um, like Genexa, and I didn't know if you had yeah. any others that you, yeah, you know, I kind of like my dream before I knew about Genexa, kind of my dream was like, I just went to march into all these drug companies and be like, take out all these, <laughs> all these ingredients that you don't need, you know? Yeah. Um, and I don't have the manpower to do that. But when I learned about Genexa, that's an example yeah. of a brand. And to be honest, it's one of what I like about them is kind of what we've talked about. They marry medicine and like safety. Yeah. You know, so there's a lot of brands that are just about like being completely homeopathic or being, um, like, I think in, like for me as a pharmacist, I mm -hmm. recognize certain ingredients because we have good testing on them. For example, acetaminophen, which is the active yes. ingredient in Tylenol. 
And that's an example of a product that Genexa makes for kids without putting a bunch of those junky ingredients in their mm -hmm. liquid Tylenol or acetaminophen. Um, and so what I like about them is that it's, it's drugs that I know, you know, like mm -hmm. Benadryl, they have a, an alternative for Benadryl, which is diphenhydramine yes. um, without the junk ingredients. And so that's what I like about them. But to be honest, I wish I could sit here and tell you more brands that are yeah, like that. They're, it's hard to find. Any. Yeah. 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 Been, there are. I've been um, on them instance, to, to try to create like a long, like a Zyrtec Allegra equivalent to. <laughs> yes. It is <laughs> my preference as an allergist, but. Right. I do have a little bit of insider info that more things will be coming from Genexa and not awesome. just for kids. Um, I can't tell you what, but I think even like you said, for Claritin, for example, for yeah. my kids, because I have kids on Claritin, I could give them liquid Claritin. Um, I could give them pills that they could swallow if they can. I could give them the ready dissolve tablet. I could give them the children's chewable. And like, so for example, there, what I did was I looked at all the options and I said, okay, we're going to go with those ready dissolve tabs because they don't have artificial flavors. Okay. Um, my kids weren't old enough to swallow pills yet. And then they didn't have the preservatives that the liquid has. Oh, nice. Okay. And so just making the best decision that you can, is it perfect? No. Do they still put artificial colors in white tablets? Yes. Which is ridiculous. Right. Um, and then now I have one that can swallow a pill. And so that one, you know, I, the one that can swallow yeah. pills, I let him do that because it has fewer like inactive ingredients, you know? Yeah. Um, and I guess, um, that's maybe something, another like concern that comes up with um, patients with Sjogren's or maybe have food like celiac disease or other issues that some of the, you know, the, the main ingredient is maybe fine, but how do we find out about those other ingredients? Yes. And I think that's the big thing for me is the inactive ingredients can be, you know, there are purposes. Sometimes it's to like, make sure it dissolves the right way in your stomach or to make sure it gets to the right place in your gastrointestinal system before mm -hmm. it works. Um, so there's a purpose for most of them or in even artificial colors, you know, elderly people will get confused if all their pills yeah. look the same. So I get, I do get it. Um, but it's a little bit easier for over the counters, right? Because we can flip the box around and we can look at them mm -hmm. and we may or may not understand them, but at least we have access to them. Um, so I would say with, you know, if you're on a prescription medicine, that's a little bit harder to access, um, you know, like generics, there's all kinds of generics and they're not all going yeah. to have the same ingredients. And so you can know that you can ask your pharmacist. If it is a retail awesome. pharmacy, they're going to be very busy. So give them grace to like get back to you. Uh, but they, they have references where they can look up all those inactive ingredients in your specific brand of generic um, by like the NDC code or the national drug code, I think is what that stands for number. They can look it up and know the exact ingredients. So like, like that's something I can look up for people too. Um, yeah. Obviously, I don't have the bandwidth to do it for everyone, but your pharmacist does have access to that. Yeah, and I mean, that's a, I am super fortunate. We have um, two pharmacists that um, peripherally help in, with our allergy clinic. And so occasionally we will have patients where we don't think their reaction was due to the actual like active ingredient, but maybe they've had reactions to all sorts of different medications. Well, can we kind of see, is there maybe some common thread between them? Right. Yeah. And of course, you know, this has come up too, with discussion with vaccines in recent. I was just going to say, I don't know if we yeah. want to go there, but yes, I've done the yeah. same thing with vaccines for people. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And so I think, you know, knowing that you have that resource available can be really helpful, um, you know, in Absolutely. trying to put our Sherlock Holmes detective hats on sometimes and, and just figure kind of all those, those. Yeah. For example, the flu shot. Yeah. We, yes. you know, we hear about yes, the yes, flu yes. shot and if you're not in medicine, you maybe don't know that there's a variety there's, of them. Yeah. 
And so there's a one that's better if you have an egg allergy, you know, there's some that you wouldn't want to take if you have an egg allergy. And so just knowing that there there's options to almost everything. Yes. Um, this came up well, just this week yeah, to figure out for this particular patient, the high dose version was actually without preservatives was like the best option for this particular person. And so yes, then yes. we called around and, you know, she was able to make sure that the place where she was going to get that had that particular formulation for her. Yes. It does take a little bit more work. Um, that's something I've been doing for years, you know, for my work to protect the elders, I do get the flu shot because I'm going into nursing homes, but I would not take the one that my work was offering for free. And I would pay and go get it from the visiting nurse association because they could provide at the time a preservative free for me. Cause that was just not that I had an allergy, but like just a lower exposure to something I'm getting every year. Right. Um, now we like our pharmacy dispenses almost completely preservative free all the time. It's, it's getting, it's moving that way, which I love. Yeah. Um, so the other thing we've talked about and connected on is we both are obviously working in healthcare, but also deal with a chronic medical condition. So mm-hmm. how do you think that has informed your, your practice and kind of your philosophies? Yeah. So I think it gives us a lot more empathy, right? And it helps us to hear patients better. Uh, it can get really easy in with limited time, you know, I'm grateful that in my position, I have a little bit more time to invest in patients. Um, but if I go see my provider, they don't have that time to invest in me really, which is too bad. Um, but I think it gives me empathy and it really helps me to hear people about what their concern is so that we can find a solution, you know, um, like, and I don't know if you want me to talk a little bit more about like, I have whatever you feel comfortable (laughs) chronic hives or chronic idiopathic urticaria. And so it's one of those things like it like really affected my life and my functioning. And so like to even go in and talk to my doctor, I was almost in tears, you know, like, cause I've tried all of this to the point where like, I wasn't sleeping cause I was researching what could be causing this. There's got to be an underlying thing, you know, where you just dig, dig, dig um, to the point where I finally had to say, I'm going to take medication for my mental health to get this under control, you know? Yeah. Um, and so I, I think it helps me, you know, regardless of the condition that we're dealing with, and especially with these invisible chronic conditions to just really hear people and to know what is it that you're concerned about? Is it this inactive ingredient? Cause I can help you find an alternative. Um, or, you know, is it that you have this side effect with this medication? Maybe there's something in the same class that's less likely to cause that mm-hmm. adverse effect. Let's help. Let's find a solution. Um, so I think that's kind of how it has helped me. Yeah. Have you, have you had to kind of make some decisions? I know kind of, as I think about chronic hives, um, something I I see frequently in the office and talk with patients about, it's an inflammatory condition. So sometimes we do need to use, like call in the fire department to put out the fire, um, but also can find, you know, other aspects to lifestyle to help. Um, I'm curious kind of if you, where you found that balance or kind of how you've explored that. Yeah. So, you know, I've, a lot of it is trial and error, you know, in the beginning, I didn't even know what I was experiencing was hives until I went in, you know, but I recognized that, oh, if I drink wine, like this is really bad. If I drink a kombucha, which is supposed to be super healthy, I am miserable. You know, I'm scratching till I bleed. And so like 
just a lot of it was trial and error. You know, now mm -hmm. I eat pretty low histamine. I know that even if I go to my beauty counter pop-up on Monday and everyone's drinking wine and I will drink, I will bring wine, you know, and I will, but I know that if I drink it, I am going to probably be miserable depending on how high my histamine bucket is full, you know? Um, and so I think it is, you know, yes, like diet has been a huge thing for me. Does it cure my problem? No. Eating no histamine, eating nothing didn't fix it. Um, but you know, doing both, making yeah. sure not, trying not to eat inflammatory foods and, um, reducing stress overall, you know, all kinds of these yeah. non-pharmacological interventions can be married with the medicine to help. Absolutely. Yeah. And I think that's, I mean, one of my, you know, shout sh out from the rooftops is, is this idea of, and like, we don't, it yes. doesn't have to be, or that you can yes. do both. And it's, you know, um, as you kind of mentioned, kind of this risk benefit with particular medications and also, you know, thinking about how our different lifestyle interventions may be going to affect my day in and day out. And so, you know, for some people, a super restrictive diet is not feasible or, you know, so where can we kind of shift that around to be personalized? Right. right. And I can yeah. tell you, I mean, like the medicine I'm on now, I never, I wish I didn't have to take it. You know, I don't want to take it, but it has changed my life. You yeah. know, I can serve other people because I have it under control. I can enjoy things because I have it under control. And there is a health aspect to that too, right? Yeah. My mental health, to being able to do the things that I enjoy, to be able to go out to dinner with my girlfriends and eat food that they serve, you know, I couldn't do any of that without medicine. Yeah. Um, and so I really, Eli, it really has changed my life. But one of the things that I looked at um, you know, now the medicine that I take comes in two options, the one I can get yeah. in the office or the one I get at home. So you better bet the first thing I did when my doctor brought it up was like, look at the ingredients. Yeah. <laughs> right? you know, there's one ingredient that's different and you wouldn't even think of that. Like it's still called the same brand name, mm -hmm. you know, whether you get it there or at home. But I was like, well, this one's pre-mixed and this one's not, it probably has a preservative, you know? So mm -hmm. uh, just again, the risks and benefits of everything. Um, but you know what? Yeah. I took that one because I can do it at home now and it doesn't interfere with my life near as much. So, yeah. Um, and sadly, you know, things that we all have to think about too, uh, cost difference. Oh, too. Absolutely. Absolutely. I'm so grateful that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I think kind of last question I was thinking about as, you know, things that we've talked about is kind of the role of regulation in like personal care products in, the vitamin and supplement industry. Yeah. Ah. <laughs> I know we chatted about this briefly. So it's, they're very similar in that there's very little regulation. And it's unfortunate because if I, you know, I think we both agree, sometimes natural doesn't mean safe and sometimes yeah. synthetic doesn't mean unsafe. Yeah. Um, but I think in general, most of us, if we could choose something that was less likely to have an adverse consequence, whether that was something natural or not, we would choose that, right? Mm -hmm. um, and I know that there is a huge demand for things that are more natural. And so yeah. I do really wish that supplements were more regulated here because I think even, you know, like you and I talked about, we don't have as much data and that's why I like things yeah. like Genexa because I know, I know this is the dose of acetaminophen that does this, right? Yeah. And I can confidently, I've seen that over and over produce that same effect. Whereas with some of the supplements and that sort of thing, we don't have that good data. Now, even if no. we did there's not a lot of regulation in supplements. So what this bottle says it is, you know, it might say it's 10 milligrams of melatonin. It doesn't have to be. Mm -hmm. And I know that probably blows a lot of people's minds. Um, but just like some ingredients don't have to be listed on bottles, 
Yeah. That product doesn't, nobody's making sure that that contains 10 milligrams of melatonin, you know? So that's the hard part because sometimes I want to, I want to recommend those. Yeah. Um, but I, I don't know that you're going to get the same effect because I don't know that that's really 10 milligrams of melatonin. That's just an example, but. Yeah. And I think the other concern I've had, like with, with my personal experience of having my liver got inflamed when I was using a superfood supplement. And so there's like, I emailed the company, but there's no like recourse. So there's no one kind of keeping tabs on like those potential side effects or, or we call them adverse outcomes. Um, whereas there is a more regulated reporting system for those things that are FDA approved that, you know, sure. We have this list of side effects and they can sure as heck sound scary. Um, but we, we, we know we have that and we have some percentages we can kind of look up like, okay, 1% of patients taking this medicine may have this problem. We Mm -hmm. don't have that necessarily. It's, it's kind of this, you know, Pandora's box. And so my kind of take in, in discussion with patients is, as I tell them my, um, the fact that I do have some bias given my own, like my own experiences, right. Uh And just pump the brakes, you know, like, let's just kind of like, think about the pros and the cons before we reflexively do something. And, and that may still mean you still take it and that's okay. Mm -hmm. But yeah. And I think it's easy for us to jump, you know, it's important to, to say, like, I think a lot of people think that as healthcare providers, we think that supplements are useless or that they're, you know, water, that they don't have anything. I think it's important to remember that they can be very powerful things, Yes. whether it's essential oils or whether it's a vitamin or whether it's a supplement, like sometimes the dose makes the poison and sometimes it doesn't, but they can, they can be very powerful. And so if you're taking a supplement every single day, mm-hmm. like if you don't know that it's safe, even if it's a vitamin, it can be really powerful, you know, which is yeah. good and bad. Like yeah. it really can help with some things, but it doesn't mean just because it's over the counter and it's an herbal or it's a supplement that doesn't mean it's safe or even an oil, you know, there can be like pounds of, of plant going into this drop of oil. I mean, like it can be really powerful. And so I think it's, it's easy for people to go crazy and be like, I want to take all these things because it's safe. And it it isn't necessarily. So yes, I'm with you. There's, there's some in general that I feel like it's not going to harm you. You probably can't take too much. Um, but it's not that way just because it's a supplement or just because it's over the counter, you really have to be careful. Yeah. And I, I think back to even in college psycho- psychology class where we learned about St. John's wort and kind of yes. its role versus like therapy versus and and the thing, this is another area where your pharmacist might be helpful with interactions because there are particular, you know, um, so herbs or supplements that can interfere with, um, some of the other mainstream pharma meds you might be on. You say St. John's wort and I'm like, drug interactions, <laughs> drug interactions, you know? Um, or in lab interactions too, there are certain yes. supplements you can like take. Biotin. Yes, very yeah. safe, but it might make your labs look wonky and you might get something missed uh, when your doctor checks your labs because they don't know you're taking that or they might not even know it interacts. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And helpful to mention to your allergist too, because some, if they decrease your response to histamine, if we're going to try to do those scratch tests, you know, might be problematic too. So yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Uh, That makes me laugh because well, not really laugh, but like, I wanted to cry when my allergist was like, you can't take 
medicine for five days before you oh, test gosh. you. And I wanted to be like, I will be no. a psych Let's just do blood testing. <laughs> I promise you I'm reactive even while I'm on my medicine. I get it. Yes. Yeah. Uh, chronic hives is, is honestly like, it's totally the pits. Um, but I'm glad that you are doing so much better with combination of all the things. And yes, yes. Um, do you have any kind of parting words or advice or anything else you want to say? And I'd love for you to share kind of where people can find you and follow you too. Yeah, no, I just think, um, you know, again, all risks and benefits. I'm not about like shaming people for what they take or what they don't take. Um, and, and there are options know that, you know, if you're, you can't decide on, should I take this vaccine or should I take this medicine? Well, let's come up with an option that you are comfortable with, you know, maybe there's, mm -hmm. we can find the best of the best of the worst or however you want to word it. Yeah. Um, yeah. You can find me on Instagram, the dot crunchy dot pharmacist. Um, otherwise I'm Aaron Williams is my actual name and I'm on Facebook <laughs> and all the places, but my, the crunchy pharmacist is my Instagram name. So, and she has some really great highlights. Um, if you were kind of looking for some of those resources for kind of different over the counter things that I have learned so much from. So yeah, I need awesome to revamp to them, but certainly shoot me a message. If you've got a question, obviously can't provide medical advice, but, um, yeah, I've got some good recommendations there. Awesome. Well, thank you so much, Erin. I really appreciate your time and your expertise. And thank you so much for sharing with our Shogun's community. And uh, Absolutely. wish you a Thanks happy new year. Keep yeah. on sharing the and, Kara. I will. Take care. <laughs> uh -huh.